since the dawn of time, many of the world's best thinkers have tried to understand Wikipedia. Leonardo da Vinci, Socrates, Einstein. But all have failed until now. Two great warriors have stepped forward. I am Ben Graw the Mighty. And I am Garth Remington the Kingslayer. They aren't thinkers, they're doers. And they're going to review every single page on Wikipedia. That task is impossible. And remember, if you listen to this podcast, then hot girls will want to hook up with you. We totally will. This is the Wiki Review. You're beneath me now. Exactly. Was he in Beetlejuice? He was Beetlejuice. Now you think of Michael Keating. Ah, now I feel weirdly horny. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. Hello and welcome to Wiki Review. I'm Ben Graw. I'm Garth Remington. And on this episode, I know you were disappointed when you saw the title click up and you thought, why couldn't they just do Superman or something simple like this? What the hell is an eponymous law? But that is what we are doing because Garth picked it. List of eponymous laws. Yeah, soak it up, bitches. <laughs> That's right. I will apologize straight off the bat. I didn't know how to pronounce it for like the first five minutes of seeing it. We're doing the list of eponymous laws. Now, the fact that you're tuning in, thank you. I'm going to alleviate your uh, fears and woes and explain what it means first. Yeah, tell us what it means. Okay, eponymous means it's named after a person. We've talked about this before on the teddy bear episode. We were talking about Christopher Robin, where he's an eponymous character. It's named after a real person, but a real person didn't go on crazy adventures with a tiger and a bear. Well, not that person. Like, <clears throat> someone might have. Yeah, in fact, but- I'd go as far as to say, if you went on any kind of adventure with a bear and a tiger, it would be rather crazy. It probably would be. But I think if you're going with a stuffed animal, tiger and bear, then you're probably crazy. Although, if you're going to go anywhere with a bear, make sure he is stuffed, like he's eaten all he can. <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to have problems. I would go on adventures with a bear that only ate honey. That would be fun. Although, I always wonder, like, when it passes, what does honey come out as? <clears throat> that can't be good. Do any of the Winnie the Pooh characters defecate, though? No, and if they would, wouldn't it be, like, stuffing that came out? <laughs> and they'd be like, hey, you might want to patch up my butthole. Get some uh, needle and thread out and sew that up. This stuffing is absolutely everywhere. Sorry, I forgot to wipe. Okay, so we're doing eponymous laws. That's the explanation. What the hell is Garth even talking about? That's right. Let's give the most obvious example that we all know. Murphy's Law. Well, they'll have it on here. We can go down it's to... It's up in the thingy. Because wouldn't it have it in the list as yeah, well? Yeah, it would be. There it uh, is. Murphy's Law. If you write anything criticizing, editing, or proofreading, there will be a fault of some kind in what you have written. The editorial equivalent of Murphy's Law, according to John Bankson. Ah, oh, yeah. So if you're writing something or proofreading, 
you might make a correction where you actually spell the word wrong. That's the writing version of Murphy's Law. If you were to correct someone's grammar and spelling, you would definitely make a grammatical or spelling error in such. Murphy's Law, anything that can go wrong will go wrong. Pretty much. It's the bottom one, actually. For some reason, it's there twice. Oh, oh, I just realized what we did. The editorial one isn't Murphy's Law, it's Murphy's Law. Uh, You see, it's Murphy's Law that we would just get that wrong, though. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and what a cute little joke. They did a spelling error in Murphy's Law. That's why we didn't even see that, because we're idiots. (laughs) That's the example that everyone knows. A law is named after a person. There is actually a law about the laws being named after people. I believe it's called Sturgeon's Law. Let's see if we can find it in this. You just want to take the mouse? Okay. (laughs) That's probably easier that way. I can see Sturgeon's Law. Yeah, that's the right one. I got it mixed up with another one. There's a... Well, what's Sturgeon's Law? You can't leave the people hanging on that. Okay, Sturgeon's Law. 90% of everything is crud. Okay, Sturgeon (laughs) was a science fiction writer, and someone criticized science fiction saying it's all crud. And he went, yeah, 90% of it is crud. But you know what? 90% of everything is crud. Yeah, I would pay that. That's true. Think about it. 90% of all drivers are crap. I mean, even if I break down this podcast, not in the obvious joke way that pretty much 90% of the things we say on here is crap, but even the idea of what I got to do to put past this episode. Making this is fun. I love this bit. We sit and talk, but then I got to sit down in front of a computer for fucking hours and 90% of doing this podcast is bullshit. Yeah, whenever we do our videos and stuff, yeah. the actual shooting, that is so much fun. Oh, it's so much fun. But we got to write. We got to like the amount of time we spend on lighting. That's not fun. That's crud. Yeah. Lighting is crud. I hate lighting. Sure. Science fiction writing is crud. 90% of it is crud, but 90% of drama, 90% of comedy, 90% of romance. It's all crud out there. <laughs> That's a good law to live by, end quote. Even going on holiday, you still got to pack and go on a plane, travel, it's- check into your hotel. Everything that sucks, everything that you hate, get a car. Yeah, and then hang out with your family. Nothing and maybe you get to do a water slide. And that's the 10% that's fun. That I like law. that law. What was the law you were actually looking for? I don't know now. The only problem with eponymous laws is trying to figure out who the law is named after. Because <laughs> they're really good sayings, but they're all based on people's stupid names. Here's another one. Forget that. We'll find it later and I'll be like, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's funny because you did like a bunch of research where you looked over <laughs> the page this time, which is an absolute rarity. And now you're just sort of like going, oh shit. The one s- thing I needed to do, I didn't do. Because as I was reading through them, I kind of went, that's genius. That's genius. Hey, that one's genius too. See, if you were an organized person, you would have like written stuff down like a nerd, but <laughs> yeah. instead you just forgot it like a cool person does. <laughs> hey, Murphy's Law on this bitch. Oh yeah. Clark's third law. Any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Yeah, that's true, I guess. But then they do a couple of other ones where they say any sufficiently advanced magic is indistinguishable to technology. Same thing reversed. It's very clever. I didn't know the reverse, but I figured the first one, because if I went back and saw a bunch of cavemen, they I could think- just like take out a lighter and go, ooh, magic. So anything that you think is magic, it's just that it's like advanced technology. And plus, I know you, you don't really catch on to technology too much. And when I ask you how it works, your answer is usually magic. Yeah, there is magic <laughs> everywhere. Because <laughs> so I'm like, how do you think the podcast gets online, Garth? Magic. <laughs> Abracadabra. We have a podcast. <laughs> oh, here's a good one. Better Ridge's Law of Headlines. If you ever read an article and the article's headline is a question, the answer is no. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Could Pokemon Go swing the November election? No. No. No, it can't. <laughs> <laughs> 
Is it time to start taking Eurovision seriously? Oh God, no. And isn't that a true law? Every time- I do like that one, that's funny. Because it's true, it's a clickbait. When people ever see something, it's one of those like, oh my God, is the thing that I like gonna make a difference? No. If it's a question, the answer is no. <laughs> Cunningham's law. Here's a fun one. The best way to get a correct answer on the internet is not to ask the question, but to post the wrong answer. And so- <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome that's some- kind of how our podcast works <laughs> yeah we learn about koala chlamydia through this exact experience exactly we just say the wrong thing and just hope that other people correct us if you ask people a question you may not get the right answer but if you state the wrong answer you will be corrected you want to know the circumference of the world just say you're a flat earther exactly and that will give you out. all the stats on earth <laughs> And to follow up the internet, Godwin's Law. I know Godwin's Law. I love Godwin's Law. I think that's fantastic. Um, Go Hitler. Go on, sorry. Yes. Oh, you can say it. You seem very excited about it. It is he who mentions Hitler in an argument first loses. So as soon as you say Donald Trump's just like Hitler, you have run out of arguments to criticize him. You're sort of going on the bottom of the barrel. So anyone who calls anyone Hitler automatically loses an argument. (laughs) Which I always find funny because Hitler is not only not the worst dictator ever, he's not the worst dictator in World War II. Yet Stalin. Stalin dwarfs him. That's all about moustaches, all right? (laughs) Hitler has got like a moustache that, let's be quaint about it, it's not that great. It's kind of awkward. It's weird. Stalin has got a cool moustache. I mean, this is how good Stalin's moustache is. It's still a thing. You can go throughout the world and find people with a Stalin moustache. Nobody has the Hitler. That died with Hitler. Hitler. That was the biggest casualty of World War II. Exactly. The big thing before then. Charlie Chaplin rocked one. Made famous by Charlie Chaplin. Destroyed by Hitler. Made infamous by Hitler. <laughs> Stalin. If you go to the Middle East, you will find so many Iraqi guys with the Stalin mustache. It transcends culture. It's a great because he's this big, cuddly, cute guy who's like he's like the greatest mass murderer of like he's so adorable. Plus, he was on our side. That does help. <laughs> I mean, afterwards, he was the exact enemy. Oh yeah, enemy very quickly. Mm afterwards that didn't last long at all i think it's after stalin (laughs) died that russians kind of fell apart so he's kind of someone you could admire as much as he killed millions of people in a very brutal way but russians have a habit of falling apart getting back together and falling apart and getting back that's their whole bit they get really good at stuff and they go no no no. our whole persona is about being hard (laughs) and overcoming everything all right shut it down (laughs) come on guys we're gonna start again let's go back to the snow so maybe people respect stalin because after world war ii he had just as many nukes as the Americans and he could have destroyed the entire world. I'd want a moustache that could destroy the entire world. Wouldn't <laughs> use it, but I'd like it. Now, on Godwin's Law, there was actually a song out that was over the internet that I'm assuming most people have heard that was called Everyone I Don't Like is Literally Hitler. I've heard this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was just a list of people who they thought were Hitler. It's just <laughs> this guy's Hitler, that guy's Hitler. They're all Hitlers. <laughs> Here's a good insult though. Imagine your name becoming an insult way off in the future people going like, oh, you're just a Remington. Is it wrong that I want that? (laughs) Because I wanted to start by saying I wish that there was Remington's law or just Garth's fact. What would you want it to be? What if it was something humiliating? Well, the fact that people reference me, Murphy clearly was a klutz, right? He did everything wrong. Irish, what do you expect? But I bet he's proud that everyone quotes Murphy's law. I stuffed up everything. Anytime I had any chance of any success, invariably, the only thing that could go wrong would go wrong because I'm that inept. But people remember me, right? What would be Graw's Law? First off, that's a great name. You've got to think of something piffy that we can say so we can make it Graw's Law. I don't know. I figure it'd be about 
about me dying in a humiliating way, probably. <laughs> oh, that's the Graws Law. Anyone who owns, as well hidden as it may be, any form of dildo will die with it in them. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how well you hide your porn stash, <laughs> it will be what is laced over you in your death. Probably be something about how, no matter how well you think you're organized with your filming and podcasting equipment, you've lost something. Yes. <laughs> this is something that I feel I need to describe. When we're talking about the 90% of things is crud, <laughs> we're talking about Ben here. How long did we look for the microphone? <laughs> like we walk around, like usually it's me and Ben's wife finding the things that Ben put somewhere. I supervise. I put out the list of things I've misplaced. And then you lose that list. <laughs> you just walk around checking the same two places. Yeah, well, it's still not there. I swear I put it here, but it's not there, Ben. <laughs> Add the microphone cable. <laughs> The Pareto Principle. 80% of the output comes from 20% of the input. Basically, 80% of like income made from sales comes from 20% of the people. If you're in a room of students all making noise, 80% of that noise is from 20% of the people. Yeah, that kind of makes sense with that breakdown. The, ah, the Peter Principle. The Peter I love the alliteration that they go for when they can. Because you had, what was the other one? The Partis... Pareto Principle. The, the Pareto Principle, and this is the Peter Principle. Yes. It has a dog with glasses on as which, the picture. Which is always great. Whenever a bulldog can be put into something, I'm happy. All right, okay. go for it. What is it? Named after Lawrence J. Peter. Shout out to Laurie P. Managers always rise to their level of incompetence. The idea is that people get promoted on the job they're doing, not the job they would be doing. So if you're doing good at your job, you'll get promoted. And you'll keep going till you're not good at your job. And then they just keep you there. So as a result, all managers are incompetent. They, that makes if, sense. Yeah, because if they were good, they'd be promoted to the next level. we got to keep promoting people till they suck. So if someone doesn't get a promotion, you should probably demote them back to their old job. Job. That'd be a smart move. But then they'd probably be annoyed and leave. <laughs> Here's a cute one. Conquest, Law of Politics. Robert Conquest. That's a great name. Oh, wait, that's his name? Yeah, Conquest. You read and you go, Conquest, Law of Politics. Wow, what's the conquest of politics? No, Robert Conquest. I could do stuff with that name. It's an awesome name. You've got to do something with that name, though. you got to cure cancer or something. If you cure know. cancer or at least come up with the law of politics, right? Yeah, that's it. What was his law? Everyone is conservative about what they know best. If you know something, you have a pretty conservative view because you actually know about it. Anyone who has a radical view doesn't know the subject very well. well. That's the thing. Anything you know a lot about just seems confusing and you're like, well, there's sort of like there's more to it than that. that and you can't answer anything. Anything you just think is black or white, you're probably completely wrong about. I can fix the economy. Just print more money. Yeah, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> anything that's that quick and easy an answer, you're wrong. If you think you know how to run the country, then you should not run the country. Well, that also works into you have to have a certain level of intelligence to know your stupidity. Like, you need to be good at something to know where you're not good at. Like, picture before you did stand-up. And not far before you did stand-up, the week before you did stand-up, your gig is booked. In your head right now, the hypothetical gig that's gonna happen is you're gonna turn up there, someone's gonna spot you, you're gonna be this big deal. Everyone's gonna laugh from the moment you get on stage because <clears throat> you are a genius. Someone might even heckle you and you're just going to slam yeah. them down and the whole crowd's going to be on your side. Because I remember that one time I was at a bar and I said something and a guy yelled at me and I had like this thing I yelled back at him. Everyone laughed. So I've got that sorted. Because you've never done comedy before. You have no idea how an open mic night works. <laughs> Specifically an open mic. 
And so when you rock up there and you do your first set, you suddenly realize that being the greatest stand-up comedian on earth is way harder than you thought. And it might not be as achievable as you thought. And you're probably not going to be famous by this time tomorrow. It may take more than one gig to get there. And it's because anyone who's good at something makes it look easy. The weird thing you see with stand-up comics is the longer they sort of do it, the less they figure that they're going to be really successful. The gravity of the situation encroaches and your dream just gets compromised a little less, a little less. Right now I'm at the level of, if I really push hard, we could do another podcast episode. (laughs) Going into this one, knowing what I knew before I picked this obstacle of a page... It's filled with fun facts. Impossible to navigate. <laughs> well, I even went from I want to be the most famous person on earth to I want to be one of the most famous people <laughs> to I want to be famous to I hope I'm just famous in this country to I'm like, I hope I have enough following just to make a decent living. <laughs> That's I'd where like, I'm at now. <laughs> I'd like to actually get consistent paid <sighs> gigs. Yeah. I'd like someone to actually notice that I exist. <laughs> I want an email in our I'd, podcast email account. Wikireviewpodcast at gmail.com. I'd like my dream come true. I just want to be at a gig where I'm not the special guest. <laughs> Remember that stage? Oh, yeah. <laughs> or when you're like doing a gig and they have everyone else's picture on there and just your name in writing. Yes. You don't even get a photo. That's probably more to do with the fact that we never actually gave our, our pictures. We weren't organized enough. Some people start off and they come prepared with that sort of stuff. Their first gig haven't even been on stage yet. They've got their whole professional shoot done. And it's like, wow, this guy's intimidating. Then you see their set and you're like, ah, it's all right. Well, you got to remember before the gig, they were in that mindset of they're going to be famous this time tomorrow. So you got to have your headshots ready for when you become famous. Because when you get off stage, that guy's going to come up. Here's my cut. Here's my headshot. Boom. You know, that's going to save a whole day of having to get a headshot done before you're famous. You know, before the gig, they've like got their headshot shots and they brought them along. Yes. They're- and they're just holding on to them just in case someone asks them. I better bring them just yeah. in case. Maybe it'll just be a fan wants me to sign it. <laughs> I've jumped into Augustine's Laws. Wow, Augustine had a lot of laws. Yeah, he got his own page of laws. Way better than Conquest. Conquest came with one. He didn't quite con- conquer that many, did he? And I don't even remember what Conquest's law was. Did we even get to it? It was a thing about politics? No, we never actually did it. I think skipped I just skipped over. off and went elsewhere. You did. We just, yeah, got and over it. you will it. never know. No, maybe we did do it. I don't know if we did. Yeah, we did. We totally did. Well, remind me what it is then. That's what I'm trying to get to. Yeah, everyone is conservative what they know best. That's why we're talking about what we're talking about. (laughs) It is too. Wow. We really have short memories. (laughs) Is there a law about that? Or have we read it already? We'll have to find it. (laughs) (laughs) We probably read it at the start of the episode. Now we don't know. It's gone. Do you think if you're ever quizzed about anything that we said in the podcast, you'd know? Only if it's like a punchline. Because I have had people come up to me and say things and go, you guys talked about this. And I'm like, did we? I don't remember what conversations we've had off mic and on mic. Yeah, I know. It's confusing. And this is pretty much just what we talk like normally. So what are these laws? Now, this is supposed to be... It's supposed to be. Supposed to be. Okay. Norman Ralph Augustine, an American aerospace businessman who served as undersecretary of the army. What a great place for laws. These are actually jokes he published. (laughs) Joke laws. They're even better. They were published in Sound and Vibration magazine. That does sound like a dirty magazine. Is it about sex toys? It's about aerospace. So... 
this is like nerd jokes, I guess. The best way to make a silk purse from a sow's ear is to begin with a silk sow. <laughs> the same is true of money. Best way to yeah, make money is to have genius. money. See, right? Uh, oh, well, yeah, this guy's got some laws. I'm sure I can like knock out like nine laws. See, you can do this. If today were half as good as tomorrow is supposed to be, it would probably be twice as good as yesterday was. Oh, wait, that kind of breaks my brain a little. Okay, you know how people say tomorrow will be better? Yeah. Well, then why wasn't yesterday worse? Yeah, yeah. No, I've caught up now. I was trying to place... It's like the title, <laughs> The Day After Tomorrow, where you're like, wait, hold on, wait. Wait, wait. Give me a sec. What after, day is that? That's two days time. Okay, I'm with you. Carry on with your stupid plot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I've <laughs> caught up now. I think everyone who was listening was way ahead of me on that. <laughs> there are no lazy veteran lion hunters. Well, are they dead? That's the point. If you're a lion hunter and a veteran, you're not lazy. So if you meet a lion hunter, first you should say, stop hunting lions. They're endangered, you dick. Yeah, hunting lions is kind of frowned upon these days after the dentist shot one. Would you imagine being that guy? Because just before he fired his bullet, it was all cool. No one really cared. And then all of a sudden he killed one and they're like, you dick. And he's like, oh shit, really? You know, he wasn't expecting that. He's like, oh my God, I shot a lion. I'm going to get my photo taken. I might even become famous. You know, this might be the beginning. I better get my headshots ready. I'm going to tag myself in that Instagram photo of me with the lion. Could you imagine doing something like that where you're globally hated? People in Switzerland are sending you death threats. Wow, Switzerland. (laughs) (laughs) These people have no feelings about anything good or bad. (laughs) See, I don't know. If you kill a lion, do we keep you on the podcast? (laughs) I think that's the only thing we've got going for us at this moment. Yeah, I think that probably raises it. I mean, secretly hoping you do something horrible to an endangered animal just so that we have like some, you know, clout on the social media. You would have to be Garth the Lion Killer Remington. I'd call myself that as long as I don't have to actually hurt a lion. If you used a Remington, that would be cool. Garth Remington with a Remington. That's right. This Remington killed a lion with its bare bullet. <laughs> These are like worse than dad jokes. They're they like really are. generations away from a dad joke. They're like great, 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 great grandfather jokes. <laughs> they are. I'm sure this is turning into the gold mine you planned it out to be. <laughs> Ah, Atwood's Law. Any software that can be written in JavaScript will eventually be written in JavaScript. Anyone who knows about computer programming, that's hilarious. Hey, isn't that essentially like the monkeys on the typewriter thing? If you get like a room full of monkeys on the typewriters in infinite time, it'll eventually make the whole works of Shakespeare. No, it's actually nothing to do with that, Ben. But I like because yeah, like they're randomly spirit. going because it's like anything that can be written will be written. What they're saying is no matter what software is written in, if it can be put in JavaScript, it'll end up in JavaScript. It's like saying if something can be written in English, mm. it will end up being written in English. No monkeys, unfortunately. Although I like the idea of there being monkeys. Is it kind of the same as the Simpsons did it? Yeah, exactly. No matter what idea you come up with, Simpsons already did it. It's already there in the Simpsons. I All think right. there's an episode where Bart and Milhouse start a podcast. Yeah. Your Milhouse. Oh, I'm always Milhouse. <laughs> <laughs> late I call Bart. Brooks Law, which is adding manpower to a software project, makes it late. Why are a lot of these laws pertaining to software? I'm guessing because it's on a computer. Maybe nerds just write these laws. Well, how else do you get a law written? A lot of these are relating to technology because most laws that you can name after yourself have to be relating to like science or something. I do know one though off the top of my head. Pose law. Essentially it's any satire you do on the internet there will be some people who won't be able to distinguish it between you really thinking that. Unless you add a smiley face
face emoji to a satire of anything extremist, it is indistinguishable from extremists. So if you were to like make fun of creationists yeah. by writing a whole bunch of stuff about like, oh, I'm a creationist because I believe blah, blah, blah. Unless you let people know it's satire, you cannot tell that it's not written by a creationist. And I think that's our podcast as well, because essentially we just say points of view that we have in quotation marks. <laughs> in quotation marks. Whatever fits the cube at the time. Like I've said many things on this podcast where even I listen to it and go, I don't believe that. I mean, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> where was it? Because what do they say here? Up, up, up. up, up. There we go. Without a winking, winking smiley or other blatant display of humor, it is utterly impossible to parody a creationist in such a way that someone won't mistake for the genuine article. Why does it have to be a creationist, though? That's just an example. It could be a Naziist. Yeah, but the point I'm is- a creationist and I don't Since when think you- that you... Yeah, I take offense to this. Ben, you better put a smiley face on that. <laughs> Is that better? <laughs> See, now we know. Yeah, See, now you know I'm joking. Nah, creation is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Careful, you're coming off as like an evolutionist. Without a smiley face, we won't know you're joking. No smiley face. Steven's power law. I bet it's not as awesome as it sounds. That's what I wanted to say before. At the very beginning, Stilger's law. When we talked about eponymous laws, they're named after a person. Stilger's law states that every law named after a person was discovered by someone else. And he, was this law thought up by him, though, or was it thought up by somebody else and then named after him? Well, you see, that's the thing. It was named after Stephen Stilliger, who attributes it to Robert K. Merton. <laughs> How delightfully witty. That would be quite a joke, though. You think of this law where you're like, oh, it's named after someone else. Then you go up to me and go, let's make this Graw's law. The dedication to the joke, to think about something Do and go like, I will give someone else the punchline on this because it will be so spectacular. There is another level to this. I have to tell someone else because I as the creator cannot make that next level. And so no one will remember Merton's name because of it. <laughs> to me that's like the idea of people who go out into the middle of nowhere and just leave big foot footprints there. I've always wanted to do that. Go out to the most remote place where there's like 10,001 chance that anyone will find it. Because yes. if they do find it, the first thing they'll think is, well no one would have come out here and just planted them there. What are the chance anyone would have found it? It is so improbable that anyone would go all the way out here to do the most improbable mm. thing <laughs> That's how you hoax people. Because as soon as they ask the question, yes, but who would go to the effort to fake that, you know you've won. That's <laughs> So in other words, to overcome anyone's skepticism, you have to put in so much effort and the probability that it would actually ever come to fruition has to be beyond ration. Maybe in 10,000 years, someone will stumble upon this and then bam, I'm a genius. <laughs> There's a guy who got himself like all crazy tattooed, but he's also got like devil horns and he's got himself all modified. And when asked why he did this he's like because in 10,000 years when I get dug up the archaeologists are gonna freak the fuck out <laughs> yes and I'm like that's awesome the punchline's in 10,000 years it's like I've always wanted to be buried with swords and axes and in <laughs> chain mail just because they go and he was from the 2000 and what the hell is he wearing <laughs> it'd be cool if you got the dedication where you didn't even have your correct birth year there you just put on the tombstone 1742 to 2000 and whatever yeah <laughs> <laughs> Acton's Law. Lord Acton. 
Acton. This is a famous one. Everyone knows. Was he acting as a lord or was he really a lord? I think he was acting. Okay, so the quote is, power tends to corrupt. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. We've all heard that. The fact it was said by a lord. He was corrupt as shit though. Yeah, that's probably why he knows. Like, oh, I'm corrupt as shit, man. I can tell you <laughs> firsthand, I'm corrupted. Do you I, know how many people I've killed? I like that that's from a lord. It's not from some communist socialist protester. Man, if people get like power, they'll be corrupted. No, it's a guy going, I'm pretty corrupt. I gotta admit it. And you know, it's pretty nice. <laughs> the other version of this I've heard is power tends to corrupt. Absolute power. It's kind of neat. I don't know. Do you think if you were in control of the whole world, you would be corrupt? Hell yeah. But you're already corrupt. Do you think you'd be more corrupt? Yes, I'd be absolutely corrupt. Everyone's as corrupt as they can be. If you're a big famous guy, like, if, okay, <laughs> you make it as a rapper. Would you Eminem it and bring up D12? Sure, why not? See what I mean? The point of getting into power is to get all your mates famous, even though they don't deserve <laughs> it. <laughs> that is the dream. That is the dream. Surround yourself by your mates because you could get other people. I could have done another song with Snoop Dogg and <laughs> Dr. Dre and people are like, all right, he's cool. But if you want to surround yourself with people who are forever grateful because <laughs> they know that, hey, he didn't forget me. He came back and got me and deep down they know they didn't deserve it and you're using <clears> your <throat> credibility so that fans will still go buy D12. Yeah, I don't think Taniva was going to make it as a solo artist. We haven't heard from Bizarre in a while, have we? No. And I think they were bummed out when Eminem left. And they were like, oh man, you're the one <clears> kid who'd make it. And since he came back, he hasn't made another D12 album. No. To be honest, Proof was pretty good. I wonder why he's not doing any more new <laughs> stuff. Ha <laughs> He's dead. Shot in a drive-by. That's how rappers are meant to die. That's right. He did it right. Not this Eminem, I take too many pills and try to kill myself stuff. But didn't he try and do that because Proof died? No, he was doing that anyways, as far as I can tell. Now he's making music again. I don't know. I don't listen to it much. Oh, you got to check it out. I heard <clears throat> one of his songs. He's a talented rapper. And now he's come back and he's rapping the way that people rap now. When most people rap now, you listen and you go, that's not good. This is kind of crap. He went in and went, no, no, no. This is how you rap. Oh, that's the style you're using. Well, this is how you rhyme things together, kids. And it's really good. He's taken what's now and like turned it into like good stuff. So has he just essentially memorized the dictionary? I imagine. All I know is he taught us how to say the word <coughs> opportunity properly. Mm-hmm. Opportunity. I think forever people should have to pronounce it with a Detroit accent. Mm-hmm. Opportunity. Opportunity. Do, 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 do. Yes, I think that this job is a great opportunity. You're hired! <laughs> See? Works. There you go. <laughs> Dreikstra's law. Everybody is somebody else's weirdo. Yeah, you're my weirdo. You're my weirdo. There you go. See? Works in this room. Fits. Everybody <laughs> in this room is somebody else's is weird <laughs> in this room. <laughs> Firestone's forecasting law. I wish I had a last name like Firestone. Doesn't that just sound awesome? Is this the same guy who owns the tire company though? Was that Bridgestone or is there a Firestone guy as well? I'm pretty sure Firestone is a tire thing as well. Why are the stones involved in so many tires? That's I don't know, maybe that's what they started as. Like the Flintstone <coughs> cars. Mm. One day these wheels, they're going to take off. Anyone well, the old <laughs> horse and cart thing. Before they moved to wood, they were probably stone. That makes sense. And they've just stuck with it. Like Yokohama is probably Japanese for stone. So Firestone said, Chicken Little only has to be right once. See, that's a reference that you have to get to that old fable, though. It's the same as saying, like, uh, the boy cried wolf. You know, he only had to be right once, but no one believed him. You know DreamWorks made a movie about that? Yeah, it had very little to do with the sky falling, didn't it? Yeah, and it had Zach Braff as the Chicken Little. The <laughs> guy from Scrubs. And that's why you haven't heard of it. 
Haven't heard from him in a while either. Not yeah. since Scrubs ended. He must be busy doctoring. Here's one for the, the educated amongst you. Gibson's <coughs> Law. Gibson states that for every PhD, there is an equal and opposite PhD. Like medicine and homeopathy. Exactly. Like philosophy and... Religious studies. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Whenever I hang out with intellectual types, they tend to hang out in different gangs, as <laughs> it were. Kind of West Side Story-ish. Where you'll be hanging out with one and they're like, you know, like, people need to be given a decent living you know they need to be looked after then you hang out with the other group the business people like you can't justify paying people if they're not making that money it makes just as much sense as each other i like to get them in the room together and just throw a knife between them on the floor (laughs) ah gum persons law gum persons should be in chewing gum definitely gumpsons law you know you're better than bazooka joe that's for sure the probability of a given event occurring is inversely proportional to its desirability basically the more you want something to happen the less likely it is to happen remember how you were talking about being famous yeah yeah that but that's not true i want to have a drink of coke watch goal achieved yeah but the probability of that event occurring is quite likely it's less likely now i don't want another sip its desirability has gone down but it's take that gumperson (laughs) you showed him what law can i disprove now all right well i'm gonna break more laws i'm gonna essentially the exact same law but in an even nerdier context gygax law already i know there's gonna be some people who are gonna correct me on i see dungeons and dragons in there yeah you so you know it's nerdy gary gygax Gygax. His name is Gygax. I'm stating it. You guys will correct me. Um, oh, that's just reading it phonetically, though. But yeah, he states, the more vital the intended outcome, the higher chance of failing the roll. As in, the more you need to get a six, the less likely you are to get a six if you roll a dice because he plays Dungeons and Dragons and I assume they roll dice. Yeah, but that just sounds anecdotal. It's, it's still one in one. six. These <laughs> people don't know what they're talking about. It's stupid. Just know about statistics. Go, Ben. You're on, you're on a roll. Let's see if we can keep this going. Yeah, it just proved the same law, but twice, because it's two different people. <coughs> Hofstadter's Law. <coughs> is that from Big Bang Theory? I never watched that piece of crap. No, but the main character's name is Leonard Hofstadter. Oh, really? Well, maybe yeah. he did say this. It always takes longer than you expect, even when you take into account Hofstadter's Law. Ooh. Uh, it's like a fourth wall. It's an eponymous law within an eponymous law. Ooh. Yeah, everything always does take longer. you think it'll be quick, but it's not. You know how I'm always late here? It's because I always take into account the fact that I'm going to be late and somehow I still end up being later than that. See I find a weird one too is when I've worked at a place the closer I live to my work the more often I'm late. It's true that is absolutely true. When I worked like five minutes down the road from where I lived I was late all the time. When I've worked like an hour away from where I live I'm always there like a bit early. I live about 30 minutes from work and same deal I'm always there just a little bit late. I was 10 minutes from work and I was always the last person there Mm. it was always on the buzzer. Because you pretty much just keep looking at your clock going yeah I got more time and then it's pretty much you should be there. Mm. It only takes five minutes. It was five minutes. Oh my God, there's a red light. I'm not going to make it. <laughs> oh yeah, in the morning, every single second counts. You have not got a single second to spare. That's <laughs> uh, true. <laughs> Mostly because I hit the snooze alarm one too many times. How many plans has the snooze alarm ruined? I think it's wrong that they even put a snooze alarm in there. It's setting up to fail. It makes me an efficiency expert though, because I think in my head, I can shave nine minutes off my schedule. No, I don't need a shower this morning. I don't need to shave this morning. I'm fine. I'm not going to wear underwear. It'll be fine. I'll wear the shoes that don't have laces. 
can be in my car in three minutes. I'm going to snooze two more times. <laughs> oh, shit, I'm late. How did that happen? I planned it perfectly. It's amazing how well your brain can do time maths when it's essentially unconscious. When you're in that state, because also it's a dream state, so everything seems possible. There is also sleep Ben thinks of very little plans that don't result in him getting more sleep. <laughs> All know. these plans revolve around that. Do you want to get up and do this? No, I think a better idea is I sleep for longer. Oh, I saw a thing where when you're asleep and you hear a noise and you're like, oh my God, I think that's a monster coming in to kill my family. Uh, but the bed's comfy. I think I'll just sleep. <laughs> Your sleep brain is dangerously stupid, but that's completely countered by the fact that it's immovably lazy. <laughs> the laziness of the sleepy brain completely counteracts how stupid you are in that state. I think getting up in the morning is probably one of the greatest challenges I go through. Now, if getting up in the afternoon was the challenge, <laughs> hey, I'm your man. Yeah, I like on weekends, I can take my time and it's my choice. I have this weird thing. I have to get up early every day for work. I have a mantra. Don't think, just do. When I hear that alarm, don't question it, Garth, because you know you don't want to. I get to the weekend. I get up early because I don't want to waste my weekend. I never sleep, is my point. <laughs> You're like Batman. <laughs> I'm not the podcaster this city needs. I'm the podcaster it deserves. I actually saw a politician who had that as their slogan. Were they quoting Batman or is it just a coincidence? I think it's a coincidence. It was some chick for whatever saying the politician the people deserve. That's are you Batman? <laughs> yeah, are you Batman? First off, that's half a Batman <laughs> quote. And secondly, don't say that we deserve you because how good are you? You're saying whatever you do, we deserve. You get in power, you destroy everything. I lose my job, everything gets set on fire and you fired the fire brigade so nothing gets put out. Well, you guys deserve it. <laughs> it is also if you vote them in, you kind of deserve whatever happens. That's a slogan that's basically saying nothing. If you vote me in, you deserve it. Whatever happens. <laughs> uh, let's talk about sci-fi laws. The three laws of robotics. We've gone through this before, even in our first episode, which was on robots. Ice cream. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we know those ones. Yeah, if actions. you've seen like iRobot, you know this. Yeah, you know this and you know we've talked about it before. So what is it? A robot may not, through its actions, allow a human to come to harm. That's rule number one. Which in other sci-fi movies, they usually want to kill all humans, which is probably why that law was implemented. They I, should get it to the Terminator. I know. Why didn't they just program Asimov's laws in the Asimov's. Asimov's. Hey, he sounds kind of Lord of the Ringsy. See, they didn't have problems with robots in Lord <clears throat> of the Rings. <clears throat> I guess it's because they had his laws. The second one, it must obey any order given to it unless it contradicts with the first law. And the third law, a robot must protect its own existence unless in contradiction with the first or second law. And that's supposed to be everything we need to know about keeping robots from killing us. I do like the fact that we're highly aware that if a robot can, it will kill us all. I mean, it is a very logical place to get to because if any robot has any kind of artificial intelligence, it'd kind of want to kill everyone because <laughs> let's be honest, we all kind of want to kill everyone. I think it's optimistic though that you got three laws and we figured that will solve all problems with robotics. How many laws are there for humans? There's a lot and we're not very good at following them. <laughs> I think a human is probably more likely to kill everyone. If a human was turned into a robot, a cyborg, Ooh. a cyborg would kill all humans. Oh god, yeah, totally. I would probably kill all humans if I were turned into a cyborg. You're beneath me now. Exactly. I'm like a step above above. I'm like that guy from the DC <coughs> comics. What's his name? Oh yeah, Cyborg. If I was a cyborg and then I grabbed you and forced you to be turned into a cyborg, how would you feel about that? Well, at first I'd hate it, but then I'd be a cyborg and I'd be like, well, I'm one of your people now. Yeah, I would program you to like it. You'd enjoy it. It's like that movie with Johnny Depp when he was the internet or something and like everyone hated it until they got it and then they loved it because they're all one consciousness. Is we that how the are... internet works? You're talking to me. It's magic. <laughs> it's magic, Ben. Johnny Depp's magic. Johnny 
Jet Magic. Haven't you seen Beetlejuice? Was he in Beetlejuice? He was Beetlejuice. Now you think of Michael Keating. He but, was Edward Scissorhands. Oh yeah, that's right. Magic. <laughs> well, that was just he had he scissors was, for hands. Edward Scissorhands was a robot. Was he? Yeah, wasn't he created by the dude? The guy never got around to making the robot hands? I thought that he was kind of like a Frankenstein-y sort of thing. I thought he was like a Pinocchio. Like, he became a real boy, except for his hands. I'm kind of curious now. Yeah, was no Edward Scissorhands... Uh, re- remember at the beginning, there was a robot, and the guy's like, I'm going to give it a heart, like the Tin Man? Was Edward... Were Edward Scissorhands real? A robot. Bro, actually a question. Why can't it just say yes or no? It would just be cool if when you search these things, it would just appear a big thing on the screen going yes or no. Like a magic eight ball. There we are. Edward is a golem, an artificially constructed being assembled at least partially from once living materials and given the spark of life. So yeah, he is kind of a Frankenstein, but he's also a robot. So he's kind of sort of a mix between both. He's a cyborg. He's a Frankenborg. A Stein. Because isn't a golem one of those things where you write something on a piece of paper you wanted to do and shove it in its mouth and it does it yeah but they're made out of clay so i don't think this person knows what they're talking about although i'm pretty sure everything ever put up on reddit is absolute truth it sounds like a reliable source yeah okay so yeah he was a robot is my point he was a golem oh there's a cool one i don't know what it means i just want to know what it is newton's flaming laser sword don't you just want to know what that is also known as elder's razor what cannot be settled by experiment is not worth debating oh i kind of feel gypped by that that would kind of be like a stab at God. Like if God can't be proved, then there's no point in debating it. Same with magic. And if you can't prove it, then it's not worth talking about. I could say that there are moose on Venus and it's like, well, if we have no way to find out if there are moose on Venus, then who cares? Let's <laughs> stick with what we can figure out. But it's called Newton's flaming laser sword. Get the flaming laser sword. Where is the flaming laser sword? Well, that's the thing. He could say, I have a flaming laser sword. And they go show us and they go, well, I don't have it with me. <laughs> but it and could exist, like, well, right? No- yeah, but there's no point in debating it because you can't prove it. Occam's razor would be one, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, the Occam's simplest razor solution. Is the simplest solution is often the correct one. That's right. We've got a couple of razors. Occam's razor. There we go. Occam's razor. Simplest solution. That's Everyone what? knows Occam's razor. That's probably as famous as Murphy's Law. Uh, it's a bunch of razors. Elder's uh, razor, which is Newton's laser sword. Yep. Okay. So that's a razor. Hallon's razor. Never attribute to malice that which can be adequately explained by stupidity. I actually live by that. Yeah, me too. I never knew what the name of that was but I had heard that quote before I'm like it makes sense this is actually an ongoing Mm. debate between me and my girlfriend whenever we drive anywhere when she's driving people are assholes they're out to get you they're going slow in front of you just to piss you off when I'm driving everybody's stupid everybody's Mm. just in the way because they're incompetent and can't drive properly (laughs) my way is a happy way to live because I have a superiority Mm. complex it's not Mm. that people are out to get me it's that I'm just Mm. smarter it's not my fault I'm just quicker with my reactions and like cat like reflexes i can't expect everyone to live up to my standards i reckon that goes even as deep down as something like terrorism i reckon deep down they're nice people they just believe something stupid it's true it's like crazy i love to attribute things to crazy when people go oh why would they do that oh he's just nuts and they go no there must be no it's just nuts it's a blanket you know star wipe it's magic yeah very few people see themselves as the bad guy even ted bundy said i don't see what the big deal is about Really? Yeah, that's an actual quote he said. I don't see what the big deal is. (laughs) It's like you killed some people, dude. Like, yeah, people don't like that. (laughs)
Oh, that's good. That's real good. If you don't know who Ted Bundy is, he's not the guy from Married with Children. He's a guy who killed a bunch of people, like a lot. He worked on a suicide hotline. Did he? He's like, do it. Go on. <laughs> no, apparently he was a lovely guy. He was a member at the Elks Club or something. They always are, aren't they? Yeah, they're always some nice guy. That's how I know you're not a serial killer, because you're kind of a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> I'm upfront about it. I know. I figured if you killed people, you'd be so much more polite. I get it out in smaller portions. <laughs> I distribute it as I go around whereas he saves it all up he has a big like grin like staple on his face like don't kill yourself you have a lot to live for what's your address <laughs> yeah I'll go to the Elks Club yeah guys it's so nice to meet you all tell me again about your daughter's music recital and then he's just like I just gotta kill a whole bunch of people in fact that's understandable <laughs> from where I'm sitting I'm surprised he didn't do more but yeah never say that people do stuff on purpose when stupidity will adequately explain yeah if stupidity is an option then that's how it was done also because if someone did do something on purpose to piss you off, that's pretty stupid. Malice can be included in stupidity. That's the same with all the crazy beliefs as well. I genuinely believe that people believe those things. Like the flat earthers, I buy it. I believe that they believe that the earth is flat. There was a guy who recently went out and said on air somewhere that Australia doesn't exist. (laughs) I've heard that one before. That's my favorite thing. But then I thought, disprove it. Disprove it. How do you know this is Australia? How do you know we're in Australia? And how do you know we exist? Aren't we meant to be somewhere in South Africa or something where they... I have no idea. You're asking me to find logic in something that's just so stupid. Yeah, I heard this a while ago. That blew my mind of like Australia not existing. And it's like, I should be able to prove this one wrong because I live here. Yeah, I can see how to the untrained eye you would think that. I love it because I can respect anyone who makes just blatantly bold statements like that with no follow-up. The earth is flat. What? about Australia doesn't exist I it- would love that though if it turned out to be true <laughs> I know if right? it just turned out to be part of another country it's like yeah we lied to you you're not actually your own country like get the fuck out really whoa hang on we owe someone an apology <laughs> 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 Maybe Australia doesn't exist. I hope it doesn't. It takes a lot of responsibility off us. Like, we can't be famous. We don't exist. (laughs) Why does it take so long to fly here from, like, anywhere? Well, it makes sense because it's, like, under. Yeah. You know what I mean? You got to get over that hump. Well, that's why it takes so long. It doesn't exist. How long does it take to get to some place that ain't there? You know when you're trying to get to a store, you're driving to the store, but you don't know where the store is and you can't find it? Doesn't that take forever? Because you just drive around and around and around and you just, where is it? It's not there. Australia. Yeah. Cool. Makes sense. Like, what if your life was like a Truman Show thing where they're filming you? And so anytime you went on a plane, the time in the air was just so they could just set everything up. up. Like, take all the <laughs> Brisbane stuff down and put up the new place. And this is Put all, up the Eiffel Tower, guys. Like, we're actually in, like, a back lot of California. Would explain the heat. And they're like, all right, well, now he's going to go to Paris. <laughs> all right, everyone who's fluent in French, come on in. And yeah, all they did was just like have two guys with like brooms rocking the plane's wings. Because you think about it, if you go to Sydney, that's easy for them to set up. But if you go to go to Paris, that takes them longer. That's why it takes ages to fly there. This makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Because you think about it, the harder the place to set up, the further away it is from you. It's true. Like New Zealand. Okay, it's a bit different here, but not that different. Doesn't take that long to get there. <laughs> okay, the only... Th- oh, I was going to say Papua New Guinea, but... Okay, that, that doesn't need as much setting up because they don't have as much stuff constructed. The only uh, downfall to this is Singapore. Although, Singapore, it's a whole bunch of buildings and you get lost in the buildings. They're all towers and stuff that you don't go inside the towers to see how high they are. It's like a blocker so you can't see outside of it. It's like the in-between place 
place while they're getting everything around you set up. <laughs> that's, that's why a lot like, of layovers are there. That's yeah. Singapore is just the in-between <laughs> shots place. It's where they put all the boundaries <laughs> up so you can't see when they're doing the outside land. You ever been to Singapore? Yeah. yeah. I've only really seen the airport. Nice airport though. If you leave the airport, there's actually nice stuff there. They've got good <clears> food, <throat> cheap clothes, blah, <clears> blah, <throat> blah. I don't know. I don't really care. No one cares enough to stay there. <clears> but everyone will say, yeah, Singapore is a great place. Yeah, I went to Singapore. Yeah, I got a lot of great shirts um, and I had a good meal while I was waiting for my plane. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much my story. I've been there a couple of times. Every time it's just been waiting for a plane to go somewhere else. Because what, you wanted to go to England? Do you know how long it takes to construct Big Ben? That's like really fancy put together stuff. Oh God, that took me forever to get to England. It's like yeah. 32 hours or something, three connecting flights. Ouch, th- just go the other way. <laughs> I took like the cheapest route possible. <laughs> Somehow I ended up back in Brisbane. <laughs> How is this good? Yeah, I went from Singapore to Sydney, back to Brisbane again. Then we went over to America for some reason. I had an overnight stay in Hobart then. Then we ended up in Antarctica. And there I boarded a ship to England. (laughs) So first it had a few stops to make. (laughs) All right, so we figured out that Australia doesn't exist. I'm happy about that. (laughs) Hey, if you can't prove it, then why debate it? Exactly. You can't prove that Australia exists, so why debate that it exists? (laughs) Wait, do we exist then? Yeah. If Australia doesn't, then we don't. Or we're trim and showing, and this is just, like, a backlot. I would love if we were in on it. I would so play along. If they just made this huge announcement and go, okay, guys, we'll just let you guys know we're not actually a country, but we want the tourists to think we are, (laughs) so just play along, all right? So when people come here to Australia, you act like it's a country. Okay, and what are these things that we have? What's our culture? He said, grinning. you got to pretend that these creatures are real. Koalas and kangaroos. Now, we know they don't actually exist, but pretend like they've been here forever. All right. (laughs) We can do that. We're all in on it. We're also experimenting with this crazy thing called a platypus, but we don't know if it will be plausible. So we're going to put them in streams and make them really hard to find. And anyone who actually sees one will be in like a dark room in a zoo. It'll be in a little aquarium, like in its own little fish tank. And if it moves, it'll kind of move like, you know, those robotic ducks that you wind up (laughs) as a bath toy and their eyes will always be kind of silvery. You won't actually get to see the pupils. And we're going to give it a venomous stinger because we didn't think it was weird enough already. (laughs) We had some leftover parts and we're trying to go for that everything can kill you in this country look. (laughs) And we know it's a mammal, but for some reason, eggs. Echidnas too. Oh, (laughs) oh, by the way, we have echidnas. Think of like a hedgehog or a porcupine, but Australian. Four penises. Go. (laughs) Can't get more Australian than four penises. Yeah, and that doesn't explain why the Australian culture is what it is. Like, kind of a laughable joke of undeveloped ideas. <laughs> okay, we're putting together a whole fake country. Okay, we're going to need landmarks. You guys get to work on the animals. You guys get to work on the indigenous people's culture. Hey, what about the white people culture? Oh, just give that to the intern. He can write that. What if they said mate a lot? <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Okay, write that down. And they have, like, corks hanging from their hats. <clears throat> so how did foreigners get the impression that we say the word struth? I say struth. <laughs> yeah. The biggest break. Yeah. <laughs> because it depends uh, yeah, where you're from. And Have you said it on this podcast? Because I probably would have cut it out. Yeah, you probably would have. <laughs> struth. <laughs> Admittedly, it's not one of my big words. No, it probably wouldn't make it on your top 10. I don't think... I'm trying to think if I've ever heard you say it. Because I, I feel I would have commented on it. Yeah, you probably would. I feel like... You know when you hang out with a tradesman, you talk more tradesman-like? That's something which probably just comes out naturally when I'm on the farm. That's a farm word. Oh, struth. That's one of your redneck things. Yes. yes, Like sitting in the boot of the car with a fox. Yes. (laughs) Hey, it's the boot of a car, not a ute. What do you want from me? (laughs) But no, if a tractor's bogged and it's raining and then we're 
try to get a shovel underneath it to give some traction, the shovel breaks. You go, oh, struth, right? Bugger. Which I love that one because the most upper class woman in Australia will say bugger, not knowing what bugger actually means. I think people mostly know what it means. They just ignore it. It's worse than saying fuck. Really, when you <laughs> think about it, the meaning of the word is a really specifically wrong fuck. It's just worse off, but it's a nice cute word. But I don't think I've ever used that in context. I've never gone to my wife. Hey, do you mind if I bugger you? Yeah, no one has ever said I was literally buggered today. Unless that- <laughs> <laughs> I've heard people say that, but I don't think they meant it. <laughs> well, in for a penny, in for a pound, right, mate? It'd be funny that someone comes and goes, I was literally buggered today. And you're like, you mean figuratively? I'm like, no. No, seriously, call the police. <laughs> Something. <laughs> I've no. been anally raped. Oh, it could have been consensual. True. You got to take the tone of how they say it as to what you're supposed to do with that information. Why are you telling me? Surely there's an authority or some kind of counselor you should be mentioning <laughs> this to. I learned from a English guy. He told me that the word dobbed is Australian. Dobbed. Yeah, as in, as in um, you had to tell on someone. Yeah, I dobbed on you. I didn't know that was Australian. Huh. And it came up naturally. I was explaining to him a thing. I'm like, yeah, and the guy dobbed on him. And he got from context what I meant. But like, I'm like, really? Did I just naturally say an Aussie word? I'm so Australian. I don't even know. Oh my <laughs> God. Listen to me. <laughs> it's unusual. It's nice. Nice. Yes. I didn't know dobbed was an Australian idiom. I guess in America it's tattle. Yeah. Which... Pfft. Because they have tattletales. And if Dobbed isn't Australian, it would be English. And it's an English guy. And he said their version of it is grassed. Mm. Like, oh, he grassed on you. Yeah, I have heard that before. Which I have too, because I've watched Cockney movies. Which anything Australian will inevitably be comparative to anything Cockney. Grassed is pretty cool, though. That's a pretty cool word, uh, yeah. he grassed on me. It actually sounds better than Dobbed, I reckon. I think so, because Dobbed is like a 10-year-old word. I'm going to daub on you. I'm going to grass on you. You can't even say it like that. Yeah. He grassed you. Whereas you can't really say it here in Australia because if you're like oh you're gonna grass on you good we could use the grass yeah the cattle are starving mate <laughs> that isn't right the drought's really bad this year yeah that or they'll think you're trying to sell them weed he grassed <clears throat> on me <clears throat> what like like greened like when you throw up from weed what did you get your stone like <laughs> he sounds like a cool guy I wish he'd grass me <laughs> <laughs> he can grass me up anytime he wants walk into a police station a guy told me I could get grassed here <laughs> line it up I broke my bone <laughs> but tattled yeah that sounds stupid that reminds me of the Brady Bunch because that's probably where I've heard it. Cindy Brady was a tattletale. Though I reckon if you were trying to be condescending to someone. That's how you do it. Don't tattle on people. Look at you tattling. You little tattletale. Yeah. Because if someone called you that, you'd be humiliated. It's a pretty sweet burn. <laughs> Yeah, I guess dob sort of goes in the middle where it's kind of stupid, but not stupid enough to be a burn. Yeah. Oh, you dobbed on him, mate. Whereas, yeah, you tattled on him. But if you say, oh, he grassed on you, that sounds kind of cool. It's like, yeah, I got told on. Pretty wicked of me, huh? <laughs> Grass sounds like one that I could still use at this age. I think that's what it comes down to. Dobbed is like a 10-year-old Australian. Tattletale is like a 10-year-old American. Grassed is like a fully grown criminal in England. If he says grassed, you don't grass on him. <laughs> if they're still saying dob, you can grass on them all you want. <laughs> Were there any more razors? There's one more. There's Hitchens razor. Let's read it to see if it's... Is that Christopher Hitchens? Burden of evidence is a de- in a debate rests on the claim maker. Oh, this is just obvious. In an argument and someone makes a claim, the burden to prove it is on the person who made the claim. Yeah, so if I say I've got a magical elf, 
It's up to me to produce the elf, not for you to prove. That you don't have one. Prove I don't have one, huh? Yeah. You can't prove I don't. But if there's no way to actually prove it, then it's not worth debating in the first place. Yeah, because if I make that claim, your only job is to rebut my evidence. If I have no evidence, then you have nothing to argue against. Uh, But the absence of evidence is not the evidence of absence. Oh, here's a good one that I don't think we even mentioned. Amara's Law. We tend to overestimate the effect of a technology in the short run and underestimate the effect in the long run which is true remember when the internet came out they're like the internet's gonna change everything you're never gonna have to leave your house again and then the internet came out and I still had to go to work like remember that Sandra Bullock movie The Net the first concept of oh you could just disappear and be replaced by someone else because of the internet and technology she works from home everything's from home (coughs) they can just steal you yeah they're really overshot but also they didn't think of what the internet leads to like just all the crap out there yeah that's like if you look at any sci-fi thing they had crazy things they predicted for the future but then didn't predict things that we actually have that have changed the world. Like a mobile phone that you can Google Mm. stuff on. No one thought of that. I've always liked the progression of phones in sci-fi. They started as video phones and holographic phones where they thought it would be like a whole room. But then mobile phones became a thing. So they figured, oh, they're going to get smaller and smaller to they're kind of like a little microchip that's inside your head. But then they started to get smartphones. So now they've gotten bigger Bigger and bigger and they have like holographic screens and shit in sci-fi. So now they're just really thin and big. Yeah. It's like holding like a clipboard. Like a sheet of paper. Mm, that projects or something. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. That was a book that you carried around that had all the information and everything. And it was kind of computery. There's a whole bunch of buttons on it. It was really complicated. You can have all that information on your phone. It's all accessible and it's not complicated to use. Even an idiot could use it. If I told you to write down a list of every song that you know and will ever listen to, that would fit on your phone. Every song in the world, as far as you're concerned, mm. could be on your phone easily. And because of the internet connections everything forever that's put on the internet can come through your phone you have access to it you're in the net you can listen to two idiots ramble about wikipedia that's right again (laughs) (laughs) why would you miss that they didn't have that on hitchhiker's guide because they didn't think of it they're like well it's like a book that you carry it'll be really complicated to use because it'd be so hard to fit all that knowledge imagine the index though i did hear something that was very similar to this law which is you underestimate what you can do in three months but you overestimate what you can do in three years That's kind of the opposite way, isn't it? Like you reckon you're saying you underestimate what can be done like in three months. Yeah. So you can probably get more done in three months than you think you can. But less in In three years than you think Mm. you can. Because yeah, we could get a lot done in three months because you think three months. What videos could we record, Ben? Are they even called videos anymore? I think they are these days. Yeah. Okay. So how many VCRs do you reckon we could fill? (laughs) (laughs) Depends. VHS tapes. Yeah. It depends if it's long play or not. In three months, we could probably fill up a lot of data, get that all ready. We could get a whole schedule together but being like okay so I reckon our first blockbuster movie will come out in three years yeah no No. I can see the path man (laughs) though in sci-fi it seems that the internet was something that nobody really predicted it's kind of a hard concept to come up with they always had like group meetings where they'd have to discuss and does someone have access to a library they'd always have it in books but it's so much more organized now but it's also one of those okay so if you go to this grand library and they can show how grand it is wow there's so much knowledge in there not as much knowledge as is in your iPhone that's available to you but that's not impressive like if they're like hey have you got all the information in the world yeah it's in the palm of my hand but the way they would do that in a old sci-fi movie is you'd have the information in the palm of your hand but then you would get sucked into the thing and when you're in there it would look like the world's biggest library and you just still have to walk around and find the books in the library <laughs> the virtual library and it'd still be that green color with the vertical and horizontal lines just to let you know it's a virtual world yeah there's no reason for books to exist anymore it's stupid 
especially like textbooks. As soon as like tablets became a thing, I'm like, well, shouldn't they replace textbooks? Because you can update them continuously. I think we've discussed this before, the bath syndrome. What's bath syndrome? Well, you can read a book in the bath and if you destroy it, it's not a big deal. You take a tablet to the bath, kind of a problem. I mean, it's kind of irrelevant because I don't bathe, do you? I'm thinking of like, how often do I take baths? How often do I read books? And how often <laughs> do those two intersect? I'm doing the Venn diagram and those two circles aren't even touching. touching. <laughs> There's a gap between them. There's just... like another Venn diagram between them that's got to do with hot dogs or something. <laughs> They're totally different. Those two circles are involved in other Venn diagrams. <laughs> times That's I've taken baths and times I was a child. That's one bubble. Over here, red books, not in school. <laughs> and the middle section of red books, not in school. And the middle section is thought there was like naked pictures in the middle. That's your Venn diagram. Yeah, I learned it doesn't come across as intelligent as when you pick up a book if you do a quick scan to see if there are any pictures. Yeah, they don't like that. Yeah, I'm not interested. <laughs> and then the inevitable disappointed look you give when you realize it's all just words. And then you look back at the cover like it's some sort of like saving grace. Like, well, there's a picture. How do I judge this entire book based on the cover? I'll just get the audio book. It'll be just so much easier. You read it to me. I need the unabridged version because I'm going to claim I read the book. <laughs> So I can't have missed any plot out. <laughs> oh, how could we have missed this one? Brannigan's Law. Like Zap Brannigan? Yes, Zap Brannigan. Brannigan's Law is like Brannigan's love. Hard and fast. <laughs> What I love about this one is there's no actual law. <laughs> it's just a thing he says, but it prohibits involvement in undeveloped planets, except for when they're mining things. <laughs> Unless there's profits. Captain Brannigan, Stardate, uh, Tuesday. <laughs> uh, we are unable to uphold Brannigan's law, but on the bright side, I did make it with a hot alien chick. Is that not what man first dreamed of when they looked up at the stars? Kip. I'm asking you a question. Ugh. <laughs> Are you getting this, Kip? No, sir. <laughs> Kip, tell the boy to get my shorts. The boy, sir? You, Kip. You're the boy. Seth <laughs> <laughs> Brannigan was a good character. Was he the best? I miss Futurama. Not the second incarnation of it, the when it was good. <laughs> Another example of technology being underestimated in the long run, but overestimated in the short run. Yeah, that show doesn't really hold up, though, because... Well, the old episodes sort of hold up, but you couldn't continue making it because the technology in the real world went a different direction than Futurama predicted. Like, that joke with suicide booths doesn't work anymore because phone booths don't exist. Kids look at it and go, so what, you actually build booths to commit suicide in? Is that the joke? It's like, no, it's, it's a parody on phone booths. It's because people would walk in there mistakenly thinking they're going to make a phone call and then they die. That's the joke. Why would you walk into a booth thinking you were going to make a phone call? Because it's the 90s. So, yeah, like you said, with, in science fiction, they thought that phones would be like a room with a hologram because all phones were in a room. It has to be tied to a building somehow. You can't have it not connected to the house. How else would you make outgoing calls? Though when I was a teenager, if you had told me that I would never have a landline, I would never have believed you. But only a few years later, I moved out of home and never got around to having one. I just had my mobile. And isn't it the stupidest idea ever? Why would you have a landline? The only people who call you on landlines are telemarketers and your mother. Why give them that option? Yeah, I don't know anyone who has a landline. I know a few people's parents who have a landline. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> a shout out to my dad who has a landline. <laughs> and so does my mom, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, parents have landlines. I've given up calling my mom on her landline. Yeah, I mostly go to my dad's mobile. Because they have that. And especially on the farm, they're never in the house. When you're on a farm, you're never within earshot of the phone ringing. See, if I had a landline hooked up and it started ringing, I would just look at it puzzled and be like, who could that possibly be? Yeah, I'm not picking that up because you can't see who it is like a mobile phone. In fact, remember back in the ancient <clears throat> Stone Age days when the phone would ring and you think, I wonder who that is. <laughs> Hello, Remington residents. And then you get to hear who it is. And that's when you have the judgment of whether you want to talk to them or not. And yeah. it's like noticeable. You had to learn to hide your disappointment in the moment. These days you go, oh, my phone's <clears throat> ringing. Oh, great. It's Ben. Hi, Ben. How's it going? <laughs> And also when you had a house phone where it could ring and it could be for anyone. And you'd call up your mates and you'd get the brother or someone. Oh, how are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, is Ben there? <laughs> Can I just talk to Ben? Just put Ben on, ben on the line. Or also you had to have manners because you were going to speak to their parents. I think Matt really appreciates that impression too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was anyone's brother. That's a culmination of every brother I've ever spoken to. But remember, like, the parents, like, because you call up and you go, Oh, hello, Mrs. Graw. Can I please speak to Ben? And then I had this with my mum. When kids knew how to do that, they were great. You can go out with them. Do whatever. If it was the friend, Oh, hey, man, is Garth there? I don't like that boy. <laughs> you shouldn't <laughs> hang out with those types. They what can learn you to speak on the phone. <laughs> yeah. Learn to at least lie to me for five seconds. <laughs> Also, because those people were inversely proportional to how good or bad they were in real life. Yeah, I get the feeling your mum would have raised you to be polite. Yeah, it was brutal. <laughs> I've only met her a few times and I get that impression. Yeah, you got to learn how to talk to people. <laughs> you would have got to always say please and thank you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. You seem like that type of person. Yeah, manners maketh the man. <laughs> manners also preventeth the blackout. Yeah, it's amazing how polite and well-mannered you can be when violence is a very real threat in your life. <laughs> <laughs> it's either say thank you or get a smile in the head. Very quickly you learn there are borders in this world. <clears throat> I remember like getting off the farm going in the real world and you just see these kids like shut up mom. <laughs> what the hell? How is that even possible? And nothing happened? You didn't even fear that nothing was going to happen? Oh surely she's going to get you later right? <laughs> it's just because I'm here. No this is just what you do? What is this crazy town? There's one here the Clark's Three Laws. Yeah. Where the first one is if a distinguished but elderly scientist says something is possible, he is probably right. When he states that it is impossible, he is probably wrong. Which that one's kind of cool. It's like saying, yeah, well, if you've been around in any industry long enough, you know what's possible. And they're pretty good at telling you what's possible. They're certainly right if they say something can be done. If they say something's impossible, an old guy says that, that's almost definitely wrong. The second law is the only way of discovering the limits of the possible is to venture a little way past them into the impossible. Haha. Which I feel that makes no sense. It's paradoxical. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that would be the same as if you shoot for the stars, you might hit the moon. You have to get past what the boundaries are to find out what you can actually do. And the last one's that, uh, you know, technology is indistinguishable from magic, which we covered earlier. Probably his most famous one. It probably should have been the first law. Yeah, well, it took three goes to get there. The Dilbert principle, is it? Oh, yeah, that, that, no, that's the same as what we already said. The Dilbert principle is the Peter principle. But his is the most ineffective workers are systematically moved to the place where they can do the least damage. Management. <laughs> Go Scott Adam. Uh, 
Uh, he was funny sometimes. He was just the ultimate engineer's cheerleader. We're so smart. Yeah, well, you're also like the bottom end of everything. Yeah, he doesn't believe in evolution either. Really? Yeah, it's kind of sad. How is that possible? I don't know. He's fucking Dilbert, man. I don't know. The guy who wrote Sherlock Holmes believed in fairies. But that was back when, like, fairies existed. I mean, now that they're extinct, of course you don't believe in them. The Sherlock Holmes guy was alive in the 1800s, so that's not that long ago. Yeah, they only got extinct after World War One. Everyone knows that. Too many but people yeah. said they don't believe in them, like you just then. <laughs> but no, Scott Adams, he does actually believe in a few crazy things. Really? Also something along the same lines as The Secret. He's a big founder of. Oh, really? Yeah. But, you know, if you made a little cartoon like Dilbert and it became a wild success about, like, kind of office humor, you kind of would believe in The Secret. Hey, you just think this is easy, right? <laughs> I mean, I just did it. Now I'm famous for some reason. Evolution's not real. <laughs> Oh, Dr. Oz Law. Anytime someone puts a lock on something you own against your wishes and doesn't give you the key, they're not doing it for your benefit. Anytime someone's locked up something of yours and not let you have access to it, it's not to help you. <laughs> it's to help themselves. That's as also found as a rule. Anytime someone says this is for your own good, it's not for your own good. <laughs> it's true. Like when they used to say, this is going to hurt me a lot more than it hurt you. No, there is no possible way that this could hurt you more than this hurts me right now. <laughs> if it will, can we trade places? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'll I take the greater pain. It's fine. It's fine. If you need it to, I will kick the crap out of you. <laughs> It'll hurt me plenty. Be my punishment. <laughs> I thought that said orgasm, but it says organism, which makes it boring. <laughs> an orgasm? No, I'll do it anyway. Dolo's Law. Misread. An orgasm is unable to return. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> Once it's out, it's not coming back in. Ow! Wouldn't that be the most painful experience of your life? <laughs> Unorgasming. Like, with a straw, or like, <laughs> blowing it back. Ow! It's like, ah, now I feel weirdly horny. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Which is a good paradox. Orgasming will stop you from feeling horny. Unorganisming will also stop you from feeling horny. I don't want to do that at night. No. <laughs> but wouldn't it get hard again and then the cum would shoot in? I think once something goes back up the pee hole, you're done using that for a little while. It's one way. I don't know. I'd kind of want to get it back out. But it probably wouldn't feel good coming out. Well, actually, no. It'd, it'd feel good, but not as in the way like an orgasm does. It'd feel good as in, oh, thank God, that thing is out of there. It'd be even worse if you just saw it like burst out of her stomach. Oh, like aliens? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You I should have worn a condom. Oh, God. That's not mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is the one we were talking about. Dunning-Kruger effect is a cognitive bias in which unskilled individuals suffer from illusory superiority, mistakenly rating their ability much higher than average. This bias is attributed to the metacognitive inability of the unskilled to recognize their mistakes. Basically, stupid people think they're great. That's also like if you read a news article about something that you know nothing about, then you sort of tend to believe it. But if if you read a news article that sort of relates to something you know or like your job, you tend to find all the mistakes in it and go, they have no idea what they're talking about. But the one you don't know, you will quote, oh, yeah, I was reading an interesting article. Did you know this? Yeah, that's true. Whereas the ones you do know about, you go, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about and you disregard it. So things you don't know, you take on board, which is, it makes no sense. There's also one, I don't know what the name of this law is, but it's an effect where if I were to tell you a random fact yep. that was false, like trees age in reverse. 
Cool. What happens is your long-term memory doesn't necessarily store that that is a false fact. You remember something hearing somewhere. I remember hearing that trees age in reverse. Exactly. But you forget the part that it's false. So sometimes when you hear false facts, even when you're told that they're false, you still remember them as true. It's true. That is absolutely true. Even if you're telling people this is not real. You know when people say, I am certain that this happened. Don't you always go, I'm not that certain. Why did you have to say he's certain? Like if it happened, just say, it happened. Anyone who ever says, I am certain, in fact, this can be Remington's law. <laughs> Anytime someone has to include the adjective that they are certain, they didn't do it. They are more uncertain than someone who just says what they did. I think that would also apply to anyone who starts a story with true story. It's not a true story. Never true. <laughs> if they say it really happened to me, I swear it definitely didn't happen to them. The more people have to insist upon truth, the less true it ever is. Yeah. And that is named after Garth. Like, it really actually is like definitely that's totally true yeah i'm not lying garth law yeah true see even though i could tell you right now we just made it up people will walk around in like i don't know five years time you know when people say certain they're uncertain i think garth coined that yeah (laughs) hey yeah rock on actually uh i created it but it's gros law Mm -hmm. because that's way cooler to to say i reckon gros law has a better chance of catching on even if it's a stupid law people will go gros law i'd want to quote that (laughs) (laughs) oh here's a cool one graham's law i think that's that graham's law it states that bad money drives good money out of circulation so which means if somebody has a job they earn some money they use that money to buy like drugs or something that money's now gone onto the black market and it's now circulating around bad people Ha-ha. thus increasing the economy of the black market and decreasing the economy of the white market that sounds racist but what's yeah the taxed economy i guess what they're saying is when something goes to bad money it ends up staying in bad money because you give money to the drug dealer he buys more drugs you're giving good money you work as a shop assistant doing good things and that's not gonna go back in the store i think that's crap though because you're telling me that the drug dealer doesn't also go to the shop and buy like papers or whatever the hell they need or like knives to stab people with or even like burgers and food exactly you're telling me drug dealers don't go through drive-thrus they drive by they drive through they drive in so it should be just a portion of the money some of the money goes back in the opposite is also intrinsically true that good money drives out bad money that's true that's absolutely true when your drug dealer gets hungry i mean look at all those horrible companies that give back to the community gresham gotta help oh this is a true one humphrey's law conscious attention to a task normally performed automatically can impair its performance like have you ever thought about brushing your teeth it will completely ruin like how you brush your teeth but that's the same with driving have you ever like been on the way to work and you're just like oh i've just autopiloted most of this yeah you do it just fine but then you actually think about it and you nearly hit someone (laughs) yeah i've had many times on my way to work where i'm like oh i'm here already how did i get here it's weird because it's not like you lose consciousness like you're awake the whole time and you feel if something would have happened you'd be aware of it but there's just something about like huh i don't remember the last 10 kilometers i was thinking about yeah I saw a sign slow children what like they're disabled not in a wheelchair oh my god I'm at work (laughs) there's a kid on my windshield just put the wipers on keep on going Hopper's law this is true for anything involving a government improvement needs deterioration when someone says we've made a simpler system Mm -hmm. it will be more complicated when someone says we've improved it it's worse I think things are generally worse at first because people know the old system and the old system works fine it's happened wherever you've worked somewhere and they implement something that's new but better your first instinct is oh this is awful because it doesn't work the same as the old thing that i'd already learned now i gotta learn all this new shit fuck that you're describing me and computers <laughs> like you used to be okay with your little normal brick phone and yeah then someone 
someone gave you a smartphone and you're just like, what the fuck? How do I work all these things? There's no buttons. What's going on? How do I do this? It's all screen. <laughs> you touch the screen. What are you talking about? Don't do that. You'll smudge it. Oh, we smudge them now. That's what we do. <laughs> My phone is like smudged all the time. It turns out I have really oily fingers. Never knew till I had to adapt <laughs> to this new technology, which by the way, it is so dangerous to text while driving now. It used to be so safe. That's true. It used to be easier. I used to just text while driving all the time. That was like a safe activity to do. You could do it blind before because it was the numbers. Yeah, you had the buttons so you could feel how you're doing and you knew how to spell with the buttons. You still probably shouldn't have been texting while driving though. No. <laughs> good. Look, what I shouldn't have been doing was also drinking and using my Refidex to find out where I'm going <laughs> while texting and driving. Uh, stupid Hulkbetter's law. Yeah. Uh, Douchebag. Did you see Littlewood's law? Individuals can expect miracles to happen to them at a rate of about one per month. Wow, I'm way overdue. Yeah, it should have like a bunch coming all at once. Oh, I can't wait for that month. <laughs> it's gonna be the greatest month ever. It does roll over, right? What is defined as a miracle though? Anything that really advanced technology does, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> These all tie into each other. It's great. I assume he means like some random chance thing, but could that just mean that once a month I'll get all green lights? That's a miracle, I guess. It depends on, it's yeah. a small miracle. Yeah, we need to know his definition of miracle. Mm. Like an off chance, something lucky happens for you. I'd define a miracle as like being brought back to life, but only by the examples I've been given of what a miracle is. <laughs> it's not our fault that Jesus set the bar so high. I mean, if a miracle counts as, you know, like it kind of looks like a person on my toast, <laughs> which is where we're at with miracles at the moment. Apparently people in South America burn their toast a lot. So you can get Jesus stencils and stuff. That would be cool to sell a toaster that just had all these different stencils on it. That would be good. So you could just cook a bunch of stuff onto your toast. We could have like the bear dog, the humidor clown. That's a great idea. <laughs> get bear dog out there and everyone will have their clown toast. Who wouldn't want a clown on their toast? And then you just Instagram it like me with my humidor toast. It's a miracle. Once per month. That's all we're asking. <laughs> Look good on fairy bread. It would. No, that's not toasted. You could toast it. Just toast the fairy bread. Yeah, you toast it, then you... It'll melt the sprinkles. It'll make it taste good. That's a homemade Pop-Tart. I don't think I've ever eaten fairy bread out of context of like an eight-year-old's birthday party. Yeah, it would seem wrong and crude to do it any other time, wouldn't it? Do you think you could ever just get like a loaf of bread, some butter, and some sprinkles? Just sit there and just... Eat the fairy bread. Like actually create it and then sit down like, oh, I'm going to just make a little snack while I watch TV. Where are the hundreds and thousands? <laughs> Hun? It's like, have you ever eaten popcorn without watching something? It's weird, isn't it? <laughs> what am I even doing? I'm just getting crap stuck behind my teeth. Not even entertained. Those cereal for dinner I can do. It was the Native Americans who invented popcorn. What the hell were they watching? They're just walking around like, well, let's stare at Buffalo now, I guess. <laughs> Maybe that's why they did all those dances and shows and stuff. That's probably what it was for. This guy puts on the wolf outfit and he puts on the buffalo skin and they dance around like oh, I'm really enjoying the plot of this. The popcorn at the cinema I only enjoy until my drink runs out. Yeah then it's just a liability. It can be like half full. I'll throw that out. I'm done. Well because otherwise you've got to go the rest of the movie with you know the hard weird bit of the popcorn stuck on the back of your uvula. You're like oh my god I'm gonna choke. But I can't leave because you can't pause the movie because it's not home.
Globe. Can't remember the last movie I saw at the cinema. I don't really go anymore. I think I saw Atomic Blonde. I think mine might have been one of those Star Wars ones, but not even the last one. Actually, Atomic Blonde was good. I can't remember where I went, but it was like a small cinema and they had recliners. This wasn't gold class. It was just a regular movie theater. Yeah, a lot of people are doing that these days because they're trying to compete because people just want to watch movies at home now. Between Netflix and piracy, home's fine. I thought it was great. Yeah, I can recline my own seat just like at home. And Mm. the movie's right there just like at home. The only thing is I can't pause it when I need to go to the bathroom. So going to the movies is almost as good as leaving the house. Still there in my underwear. Though I have been to some of those ones where they do the table service where they'll bring you out like food and a sundae and drinks. Is that good or is that awkward or what do you feel about that? Or is it too forced? You like that? Because you start light you just get like you know a couple of drinks. Most of them are licensed so you can get beers and stuff too. The whole point is yeah get a little little rowdy. But they come out like you know 30 minutes into the movie and give you some stuff. So it's good. I know I like being waited on. It's a different idea isn't it? It feels weird though because you'll sometimes go in there and you haven't got anything. You got no drink no popcorn and your drink and popcorn comes in while you're sitting and waiting. Hmm. Although going to the movies is just a battle against my bladder. That's the whole point. I have lost the ability to like hold it in for a whole movie and just be okay. I remember as a kid I used to go to the movies. You watch a movie and then afterwards you're like actually I will go to the bathroom. Now I sit down I'm like 10 minutes in like I need to go to the bathroom. Oh my god I gotta sit for like two hours needing to pee. I can't leave now. Yeah that's one thing they never told you when you were a kid is that when you get older you'll need to pee more. Because I've noticed that as I get older I need to pee more. I'm like I don't remember peeing this much when I was a kid. Hey, that could be Gros Law. <laughs> As you get, the older you get, the more you need to pee. <laughs> there you go. So that's one that people would go. Because when you hear like old people talking about like, oh yeah, I have to get up like three times a night. I'm like, ugh. Ugh. Oh my God. The only thing worse than that is when you don't. Getting up to pee in the middle of the night is one of the most annoying things. Isn't it? Because you wake up, you've been holding it for ages to the point that it's woken you up. And so you've got this fight of like the pain in your bladder versus the pain of getting out of bed. Mm. And you're like, I can fight it. I can do it. And you have to trust that you're just not going to piss the bed. Like, I am willing to take that risk. Once again, this is sleep, Ben. (laughs) It's okay. I can be in pain. It's like, you know, okay, so someone's punching me a little bit in the stomach. I can sleep through that. It's not like he's stabbing me. Worst comes to worst, there's a bit of pee on the bed. I'll put a towel down. I'm going to be gone all day. It'll air out. Though when I do eventually get up and go and pee, I get excited because I think this is the longest time before I'll have to pee again. (laughs) There is no way I'll have to pee again before I wake up. (laughs) When you're old, it's like, oh God, well, that's the first one down. Hey, this is pretty exciting. Only two more before I can sleep for the rest of the night. Oh, when I'd be up to number two, I'd be so demoralized. I'm like, I've already done this and I still got to do this again. Don't chamber pots seem awesome? Yeah, I can see why people go with them. The only thing is that you're next to your wife. Then she just hears liquid hitting metal. And she looks over and you're just leaning. (laughs) I would not get up. I'd just bring the pot up, hang over the side and just go for it. (laughs) And I'm sure I'd be completely like, this is a genius idea until I'm lying asleep and I hear ting, (laughs) Ellie. (laughs) I wouldn't care. I'd be like, oh, that's nice. Cool. She didn't have to get up. Though I think a catheter would be too much. I don't know if I'd sleep properly with a catheter. I think it would just scare me. That's like the unorgasm thing. Don't put anything up. Everything goes out. What happens if you get erect with one of those things? Or is it even possible? Because that's what I get scared about. Yeah, because what if that turns out to be your fetish? Pee hole jamming. Because I feel that when it's flaccid, it's a little more pliable. When it's erect, it tends to be the shape 
it wants to be and very little can stop it. That's right. So that catheter, because they're usually glass or something, aren't they? Oh, no, I don't want it to crack. Although, because they're straight, wouldn't it just go straight with them? I mean, as long as you don't hook too much, yeah. you're fine. God, I hope I never need one. <laughs> Me too. I'm cool just pissing whatever I'm in. I, know, I wouldn't mind it if you had one because then you could tell me what it was like. <laughs> I'm happy if someone else does it first. I see myself as the Buzz Aldrin in life. <laughs> I'll go second and I'm fine with that. Because if Neil Armstrong had got eaten by moon people, then Buzz Aldrin would have been the smartest guy. See, if the first guy dies, then you try it. I'm the guy who came back to Earth and reported there were aliens who killed people on the moon. We're Big probably not going to go back there. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you think of this episode, Garth? Eponymous Laws. This Eponymous Laws episode, which I was so excited that I found. And now I'm just excited that it's ticked off the list of all the Wikipedia pages we have to do. We have to do them. I'd like to do it. I actually enjoyed what we read. (laughs) There is a lot of crap on this one. There's a lot of science mumbo jumbo. I wasn't going to bore anyone with any science talk because why are you going to sit there listening to some guy who doesn't know what he's talking about without a punchline? No, thank you. Oh, God. This was enlightening. There's some really good stuff there but my god is this long and full of science stuff I'm gonna have to rate this uh, Occam's Razor out of a possible Murphy's Law because I think only two you remember uh, <laughs> Cunningham <laughs> and the Graw Law wait no we did that never we mind that up. no I'm, I'm sticking with the most obvious ones it's the simplest solution that the least amount of parts is what it should be but of course it all goes wrong yes it had some merit I'm glad it exists I'm glad we did it but I'm glad it's done Ben, over to you. What did you think? I don't know. I think I'm going to give this a two, but what out of? (laughs) I don't know. Probably 40. Wow. Yeah, pick a better page next time. This is is all on me, and I apologize profusely to everyone. (laughs) You know I hate it when it's effort. And we probably had a higher rate of mispronouncing words than usual episodes. Really? They're all last names. Everything is rated based on, like, it's all lined out by their names. The only way to find things is through people's names. What's the one thing I can't do remember names <laughs> if they didn't even do it by category no then it would have been easier if they had done it by category we could have found the funny ones and talked about them and just avoided anything we don't want to know that's like avoided an- the math section like we usually do yes gross mm. but I need that no but the page did teach me that there are lots of cool laws named after people just not as many as you would think <laughs> don't get us wrong there's a lot of laws named after people yeah. just not a lot of cool laws there's a reason why you know ones like Murphy's Law and Occam's Razor. Oh, there's the Robotics Law. That's cool. You know that. Cunningham's good. And there's Moore's Law. Forgot to mention that. Technology doubles every 24 months. That's Moore's Law. I just saw that on the screen there. <laughs> Get one more out. Why not? Hey. So, yeah. I mean, I had fun doing the episode, even though I do give a hard time to the page. But, you know, I like to be hard on the page. Next episode, don't worry. Ben will be picking. It'll probably be about, I don't know, Batman or something. You're forgiven if you only listen to every second episode yeah (laughs) no no the episode after that will be really good because Garth will be overcompensating yeah I will find something really cool or if you do have a suggestion yourself just send it in to us because we're always looking for cool Wikipedia pages we can do obviously (laughs) so other than that we're probably gonna plug humidor.com.au check it out find stuff like access to our YouTube channel it's also called humidor yep check us out on YouTube there's also our Facebook stuff hey hey Hey, check us out on Facebook. Pretty much all of it. If you look in the show notes, there's all the links to everything there. Plus a link to the theme song, which is DJ Cell's song. Rock on. I we don't shout him bass. out enough. He is cool. Have we ever like shouted him out directly on the podcast? I think 
we have. At the beginning, I was very complimentary. <laughs> Went out of my way. Well, it is a kick-ass theme song. I really do like our theme song. And he's a great guy. He's a good dancer. And he's a great DJ. Actually, check out any Cell song. YouTube right now is YouTube is full of really great happy hardcore. Every song he does is good. And that's Cell spelt with a three because, of course. Welcome to... Because <laughs> that's the age we live in. S three R. L. I saw a song of his that's called Raver Boy that's spelt with a three, four, and a zero. Yes, a world where candy has a K and an I. <laughs> a world full of spelling mistakes. That's right. And nobody knows that they're spelling mistakes. That's what's happening here. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do have our awesome DJ Cell track playing us out right now. So Ooh, I'm dancing. We'll hit it with that. So I've been Ben Grohl. I've been Garth Remington. And we'll catch you on the next Wiki Review. Live for the base. Go, Searle. Find Humidor on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and at humidor.com.au. Theme is I Live for the Bass Drum by DJ Searle. All other music by Matt Graw. S3RL. <laughs>